This audio production is brought to you by TheBestDayEver.com, David Wolf's premium longevity member site. The content found on TheBestDayEver.com from David Wolf and New Horizon Health, Inc. is for informational purposes only and is in no way intended as medical advice, as a substitute for medical counseling, or as treatment cure for any disease or health condition, and nor should it be construed as such because that would be illegal. Always work with a qualified health professional before making any changes to your diet, supplement use, prescription drug use, lifestyle, or exercise activities. Please understand that you assume all risks from the use, non-use, or misuse of this information. Greetings, everybody. This is David Avocado Wolf, and we are gearing up for our Women's Wellness Conference Friday, October 9th through Sunday, October 11th at the Orange County Hilton in Costa Mesa, California. That's this year, 2015. It's coming up quickly. We're going to be joined by an incredible group of folks, incredible teachers, people coming in from all over the world. We've got some wonderful vendors going to be there. We've got some great food and drinks going to be served. It's going to be a classic event at one of our favorite spots in the whole world. We've done well over a dozen events at this location. That's the Orange County Hilton in Costa Mesa, California, October 9th through 11th, 2015. All the details are at www.womenswellnessconference.com. You can find the details there. I'm going to be joined on the stage there with by Marianne Williamson, Dr. Sarah Godfrey, Vanny Hari, the food babe, Dr. Alan Christensen, Robin O'Brien, and the special guest who we're going to be speaking to in a moment. Carolyn Mace. She has an incredible history as a medical intuitive, has written numerous best-selling books, done a lot of work with Dr. Norm Shealy, has really brought this whole idea of the chakras and their effect on our consciousness, on our biology, really to to reality. I mean, for me, that's that's what her work has been. She, I actually first saw her about, ooh, I think, 10 or 15 years ago in Montreal, and she was doing a talk about the chakras, about the different energy centers of our body, how that affects our consciousness, how it affects our biology. It was a phenomenal kind of game-changing experience for me, and I'm very, very honored to have Carolyn Mace with us. Carolyn, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Lovely intro. Thank you very much. Your work is so so seminal, so wonderful. Let's start out with your medical intuitive work. We've got a new audience now. You know, I think you've been going since the late 80s. That's, I think I started seeing your stuff in the late 80s, early 90s. We've got a group now that's in their early 20s listening in. They're wondering, hey, what is a medical intuitive? So tell us about the core of your work, how you got started, and what, what medical intuitive means. I have the ability to, the skill to assess a person's health, their energetic health, to do a profile, communicate through our energetic system, and everybody understands that. They really do. People aren't that much of, uh, you know, we, we live in the age of energy now, and I think it it's, we need to accept, you know, look at ourselves now that we are multi-senses, that we have multi-senses. We aren't five-sensory anymore. That That's primate. We have emotional senses, spiritual, uh, intellectual. We have numerous, numerous senses, and we have a whole a dimension of energy senses that are not bound by time or space. And through this system, we can access different data. And I'm just good at that. And so I, I can work with physicians and help people to uh, do a translation of their energy anatomy. 
And that information helps to fill in blanks that traditional tests and laboratories can't find. So there's stressors in our energy field that contribute to the development of physical illness. I remember way back in the beginning, Norm Sheely days, I think you wrote at least one book with him. And, and I remember from that work that your work is very <laughs> predictive. I mean, if you see somebody who's kind of that type A personality, business person, high amount of stress, high amount of responsibilities, you kind of know where where that's going to go. I mean, that's the thing that I, that was really the core of your message I really love so much. Give us a couple examples of that. Like you see someone and you see maybe it's, you know, a woman at breast cancer situation, marriage is not supporting her. Talk about some of those characteristics that you know where it's going to end up. You can kind of predict what's going to happen in the future. There are indicators that when, when you see someone who is hyper, hyper responsible and they are responsible driven and they think that and they tell themselves part of what I did not know then when I wrote Creation of Health with Norm in the 80s that I know now and it is one of those major keys is the archetypal patterns that have so much influence in us. And if somebody is, you know, has a mythology in their head that they tell themselves, if I don't do it, it won't get done. And without me, the whole thing will fail. They have that uber kind of responsibility thing going on. That kind of person burns out their pancreas. You know, so if I look at issues of uh, where diabetes comes from, the pancreatic disorders are largely based in issues of responsibility in the extreme. Lower back pain, for example, is largely based in issues of financial or survival stress. So it's much easier for me to describe the stressors that break down the body than the person. And so there are major stress patterns that, because it can be any type of person that engages in these stress patterns. If you are somebody who is driven by a fear of survival, and that can be whether you're one of the Koch brothers with $80 billion or you can't figure out how to pay your rent, it's not a rational, rational fear. It is a, a, a possession. And you're driven by how will I survive and who has more than me and how will I control this. That kind of fear locks in at the base of your spine and it starts to create inflammation there and it can hit the sciatic nerves so it's it's more complex than you think you have such a wonderful way of explaining how because we obviously there's a food connection there is um, an exercise connection there's just the lifestyle being outside and air and good quality hydration all those factors are part of health but you have such an eloquent and beautiful way that's really changed my life for sure, but explaining like, hey, yeah, that's all true, and there's your emotional body, and, and the way that these responsibilities, for example, or exaggerated stressors sit in our biology is going gonna, is gonna to start leading us down a certain path. Let's get into that a little bit more, and I, I want to talk about, because it's such a huge part of our culture is heading towards, or is reporting breast cancer, different types of cancers, lung cancer. Let's talk about that a little bit. What do those two cancers in particular come up a lot? What are your thoughts on that? Well, we're just a cancerous population. Since you brought up like breast and ovarian cancers, for example, the female and prostate, so let's stick with sexual cancers. Okay. 
and I'll give you an image. And the image is a, a 12-story condominium building. And the building doesn't move, but you move within the building. So it depends on what floor you want me to answer this question on. Because okay. every floor I take you on will give you a different view of that question. We have a mindset that has, that is very reductionistic. We want to reduce everything to very simple answers. And there's nothing simple about having a cosmic view of life and a cosmic understanding of how health functions within the natural laws and then within the mystical laws. And then reducing it to a one system, a one sentence answer. It doesn't work that way. We are products of a whole system of creation. What makes us tick is not just what we believe, but how the, the acts of creation that we participate in. The two new frontiers are outer space and inner space, outer cosmos and inner. And actually, it's one and the same thing. And that's an extraordinary thought to even hold in your head. We're just beginning to go into our interior. And yet, we use, still use a model that says there's one reason for every one thing that happens. We can't get out of that primitive, primate form of thinking. There must be one reason why I'm ill. Really? And what reason would that be? Is it emotional, psychological, historical, mental? Where are you? It is so primitive. It's like a piece of sand looking at the ocean. But there must be one reason why all of you exist. No, it doesn't work that way. You have to understand the whole and fit into it. You have to understand the laws of nature and that you yourself are a product of nature and how the laws work. The, the, the greatest key to your health is to get that truth that the laws of nature rule your body and they rule illness just like they rule illness here's a key if the laws of nature didn't exist even within illness we couldn't have medicine because even illness functions according to the laws of nature so the first thing that i tell anybody now when they're ill is you have to get back to the laws of nature to understanding where you have violated your own nature and you don't even understand your own nature. That's one of the most significant teachings I can get a person involved with now. The real micro-stress is when you start choosing alliances with myths in your head that are based in lies. Now you're getting to the root of illness. Let's talk about your work about the way we push away healing. The, the work that goes on, you, you have that great book about why people Basically, don't heal. Why people don't heal. And you, you have this insight of, it's an incredible insight, and it's very common. I see it all the time, almost daily, where the very thing that, that the behavior, the emotional patterns, the, whatever it is, in the person is actually blocking their healing. Yeah. That. That's an incredible insight. Well, I mean, people, people don't want to heal. I mean, it's astounding, why? but it's true. You know, we have a society that has a lot of bad things about it, one of which is we reward suffering. We give privilege to suffering. We think, oh, my God, you've had, you've suffered a lot. Therefore, therefore what? Well, therefore, we, we, you get the front seat. Therefore, you, you get to be coddled. Therefore, we have to talk to you in a certain kinder tone of voice. Now, I'm going to say something here just as an, as it, because I have to hit a pause button. I've met so many people 
in my career who had, whose childhoods were so brutal and so ugly that honestly, it makes me wonder why we don't like make people go through a psychological test before we allow them to be parents. I mean, some, they, they were, they should never, their parents should never even have children. My God. But there's nothing we can do about the childhoods some people have had. There's nothing we can do about it. In healing, we can never tell, have this idea that healing means you forget the hell you've been through because you can't and you won't. That's not realistic. It's not. But the, the truth is in life, you either get bitter or you get better and you don't, you don't have any other choice. How do we get our way out of these pitfalls? I mean, intuition. What role does intuition play? How do we, how do we guide our way out of these kind of things? The model of healing has been go on a search and destroy mission and go look at where you've been wounded in the past as if that is the end of it. You know, who hurt you, your wounded child, your inadequate childhood, all this other stuff. When in fact, the journey of healing is all about your relationship to yourself and the quality of choices you make as an adult and whether or not you have integrity, whether or not you have honesty, whether or not you're a liar. Liars don't heal. When I, you know, when I think about um, the work that's been done, for example, by Bonnie Hari, transforming the way that we look at food, and it's affecting the big food companies, the big food giants, I feel like we can affect change by our daily behaviors. Our daily attitudes, behaviors can affect a change globally, right? So I see that side, too. That's a, that's a, it's very heartening. I think that we can affect change, and we have the tools at our disposal that we can affect change with, you know, through uniting via the Internet, the web, through the work that we do. I mean, I would not be a passionate teacher if I thought all was lost, believe me. But I am also very much aware that we have to be aware of what we're dealing with and how serious everything is. The moral and ethical dilemmas that are around us, like we're being presented, it's, it's, a, it's a kind of a collective phenomenon. To, to my mind, that's what I feel, is that everywhere is a moral and ethical dilemma. Everybody I've talked to is working in big oil, big banking. They're in a moral and ethical dilemma. They don't know what to do to solve their moral and ethical dilemma. And I think that's where you can provide us good coaching. Well, I hope how to, so. I hope so, because I think it's important for people to realize that life is now filled with these choices, challenges, and they have to be able to recognize I actually have a moral dilemma going on. I have a moral crisis in me. And because we don't have that language anymore, we don't, we, they don't identify that. So many people don't even recognize that what they're feeling is actually a moral crisis erupting in them, actually an ethical crisis erupting. But because those words aren't used and so people will redirect these feelings into a personal problem. They'll say, I must be having a problem with somebody because they don't or they don't understand that what a, the nature of these crises um, and they don't know. Then therefore, they don't know how to navigate them. Help help us there, because it, it is I mean, it is one of the it's every day, all day long. It's not a simple solution mm -hmm. because you, you know, having clarity about your ethics and your morals, your values, 
takes a lot of inner work. You just, you know, this is a, you know, a, a challenge for people when they find themselves in a crisis and then they don't know what their own values are. They don't know what their own, what, they've never even took the time to refine within themselves. What are my ethics? What are my, what is it that I, what won't I compromise in myself? What are my lines in the sand? What do I believe that is absolutely not negotiable? What you yourself, like I ethically will not participate in doing something that I know violates other people or poisons my environment. And I know, I don't know how I will survive out in the outside world, but I know I will not survive in my inside world if I do this. If somebody, if somebody transgresses their morals and ethical code, then there's then there's a feeling of guilt, which is going to give rise to forgiveness. The need for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Could, it, is, I see that. It, can you walk us through that? I guess we'd have to come uh, to the point of forgiveness. Well, forgiveness is a whole other subject, and I bet I'll talk about that at our at my talk. How's that? That sounds good. I'd love that. Thank you. Okay. Right on. Thank you. And, and for everybody who's listening, Carolyn's going to be joining us at the Women's Wellness Conference. October 9th through 11th, 2015, at the Orange County Hilton in Costa Mesa, womenswellnessconference.com. You can find her also at www.mace.com. That's M-Y-S-S.com. Thank you so much for joining us, Caroline, for giving us your time. You're welcome. This program was brought to you by thebestdayever.com. Thanks for listening.